Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Podcast from Pregame.com for Super Bowl Week 2010. I'm your host, R.J. Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional better here in Vegas, star of the CNBC special on gambling. This is segment one of six, and five of our six segments are going to be about the Super Bowl. Each segment, we're going to be talking about a specific element of the game, and then the sixth segment is a big college basketball game on Saturday. Okay, so segment one is we're going to look at the Indy Colts, okay? The Indy Colts is a team. Now, Vegas Runner, in general, though, let's get a quick update. What's what's the line doing on this game? Uh, we've seen a, a drop in the numbers since the uh, talk of, of Freeney not being 100% and not even being 100% sure if he's going to go um, since they're not releasing that, they says, till later in the week. We've seen a little dip in, in the side of the Colts side, that is. And I'm seeing four and a halves across the board, some fives, and as high as still six at Bodog, which is more of a square shot. But to get the six, you got to lay one. 120 now, where before it was minus 110. And so you, even there, there was a small adjustment. And right you now. think about it, if you're getting six at 120 and you can get five at 110, you'd rather, or five and a half at 110, you'd rather have the five and a half at 110 yeah, yeah. because it's not worth buying for 10 cents. Six is not On worth six. 10 cents. Yeah, exactly. The total stayed. It made that initial move at first, but now we're seeing it around the same, 56 and a half. Um, a few There's books have little... gone to 57. I've seen 57s up there. And I've too. been surprised because you would think whatever effect Freeney would have on the side, it would have an equal on the, effect sure. on the over because without the, the best player, player. Exactly. All right, so Marco, as a handicapper, what jumps out at you about the Colts in this game? Well, for me, you know, and when I broke this game down, I did the pros and cons for each. And the biggest advantage that the Colts have in this game is the fact that they've been to a Super Bowl before. Peyton Manning's yeah. been here. That's a huge advantage. Not over. just been there, won a Super Bowl. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's key because a little of the pressure's off. You got a ring already. And you were talking about the odd. You heard an odds maker on local radio yeah, here. Yeah, uh, and they believe that a, a team that's gone to the Super Bowl and has actually won a Super Bowl. Within the last five years, it's worth around a field goal. That's a that's a big number. Yeah, that's you know that's the thing for you know the Colts. So big, big experience. Now, what's our sense of? And, and there's different ways to look at this. Clearly, Peyton Manning was there. Clearly, um, you know some of the Freeney was there. Right. Whatever he ends up doing in this game. But in general, isn't in the NFL these days, isn't there a pretty big turnover? With free agency, of course. So the question is, something that happened a few years ago, how significant is that? Well, you don't over you know, you don't overhaul the whole team, but the fact that if you have a few players, especially if it's your key your players guy, yeah. that your leaders, you know, you always hear the phrase clubhouse leaders or locker room leaders. It, there's no question Peyton Manning, you right. know, is that uh, for this team. Um, the other thing that jumps out to me is if you really stop and look at it, the Indianapolis Colts have not lost a game all year in which they tried to win. No, agreed, and, and, and that's gonna be a very valid conversation. 
Real quick though is, and this might be an ignorant question. Well, I guess by the definition of ignorance is not knowing <laughs> something. So, is Caldwell was was with the team as a coach back three years ago? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's got that experience being a coordinator. That's another advantage too, because from what I understand, the preparation side, dealing with the media, how how the teams get so tired down there, and you know, I went to the game last year, the Steeler game, and I can tell you by the time the game start just for me the the motion by the time the game started I was already tired and then the game takes three and a half hours and the halftime is so long I mean deal you know think about the halftime's like double as long there's all these things that only happen once a year and I think being there is a big advantage and getting your team I think prepared for all the distractions they're going to face throughout the week you know if it's your first time you know you got to know how to schedule the meetings how to schedule the press how to deal with all of that where I think if you've been there already, you know the, the, the problems you might have, and now you could avoid those little pitfalls. You know, being a Pittsburgh fan and that, Bill Cowher, the first year that, you know, when the Steelers went to the Super Bowl, uh, he said one of the biggest distractions for him that week was tickets and, and travel plans that, you know, you, you got to get everybody and their family and get everything coordinated because everybody wants tickets and that. And it is. It's just a whole nother process, you know, preparing for the Super Bowl. All right. So Colts have the edge with experience. What jumps out at you about the Colts? Uh, I think everybody is all, keeps talking about the Peyton Manning factor. And as important as that is and as key as the quarterback position is, I really think it's going to come down to how the Colts are able to rush the ball. Because they're 32nd in the league in rushing. And I think with the Saints being healthy in the secondary for pretty much the first time all year, that the Colts are going to have to be able to run the ball to to have success. I think they're one of those teams that use the pass to open up the run. Let's think about this. So what you were saying is we, on one hand, we have a team that hasn't lost with its starters. On the other hand, we have the worst rushing team in, in, in the offensively, but you're almost saying, defensively. But you're saying the key is their ability to run. Yeah, they, I, they I, haven't run all year, and they've won every game. Well, no, they've had they yeah they haven't had any success rush, rushing. But so how Man- can that be the key of this game? Well, I I really think that when he, in a Super Bowl setting up against this team against the Saints, you're not going to want this offense right, so to when keep say, coming out on the field. So when you say a Super Bowl setting, what, what do you mean by that? I, I think there's there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of nerves at first. And if you're just going to come out there and think you're going to throw the ball around easily, I think there's chances for interceptions. There's chances for three and outs. And if I was the Indianapolis Colts, the last thing I'd want to do is get in a shootout with this team. Not that they can't, but why give them that opportunity? But doesn't Indy have the ability with the short passing to play ball control and to not necessarily run the ball effectively? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess you could say they do, but I, I really I, think I, that the last thing they're going to want to do is let the Saints offense be on that field. I think the more you get them out of rhythm, the easier you're going to make this game be. But if you get them Saints coming in there, starting to get confident, airing it out, scoring a couple points, matching you point for point, that's not a position the Colts are going to want to be in. When we get into some of our props in a later segment, I actually do think that the Indianapolis Colts running game is going to be a factor on Sunday, and I think it is going to be a major part of their game plan. It has to, Because that is one of the Achilles heel when we get to New Orleans, is their rush defense. One of the things that another big advantage that Indianapolis has in this game that the Saints don't is 
the Colts know that no matter what the score is, they have the ability to come back because they've done it this year. Two times, huge deficits. They came back against New England, and they came back against Houston, and the Houston game was on the road. They were down 17 nothing to Houston, you know, a team that played them tough at home and jumped out 17 nothing at home. To come back, to know that you can come back from scores like that, that's confidence. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, with that said, though, that's not a position they want to be in. No, but you don't want to go to the half down ten just yeah, because you're able to saying, do it before. No, true enough. What Marco's saying is, if the Saints get behind big, game might be over. If the Colts get behind big, the game's not over because they've done it this year. Right. All right. right so let, right. let me wrap this up. Is to me the key. Listen, there's a lot of experts on ESPN and all that. They they got a lot of great insight. Yeah. To me, the key is coming from a betting perspective and, and seeing things that other people aren't talking about. To me, what you're saying is something I haven't heard, and it's an interesting conversation. To recap, because of the inherent stress in the Super Bowl, passing is more difficult, even for a Peyton Manning, especially early. Yeah, you even see the prop bet, the, incom- the pass, first pass incompletes, always a minus. Okay. Now... Is that right? Yeah, really? almost positive. It was what's it minus one fifty probably? No, actually, no, that, it, it, I think you're wrong way. on it. It's but, the other way. But I would agree with you in the following way, which is whatever the normal percentage is of completion from that quarterback. Let's say they typically complete sixty percent. Right. Is that number will be a little bit lower than that? Than meaning because because the first pass there is a stress to it. But there's two sides of that too. Not to get off on a tangent. Well, let's just say this, and then we'll talk about that in the next segment. Is it's very interesting to say that because of all of the circumstances around this game, the coach running game is going to be a, a, more of a factor than it's been in the regular season. Right. I think that's saying something there. Okay, so next up, we're going to have segment two in which we're breaking down the Saints, and then we're going to be talking props and all kind of other stuff. Remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six of our Super Bowl extravaganza. And in the first segment, we broke down the Colts. Now we're going to break down the Saints. Okay, so Marco, from a handicapping perspective, for this game, what jumps out at you about the Saints? What with the Saints is obviously their offense and their ability to score. They've scored 24 or more points in every meaningful game. And by meaningful, the only two games that I take out, or sorry, every game but one, the Dallas game's the only game that they didn't score 24, and that's the game they lost. But but meaningful game. Right. Then the two games after that I didn't count because they had nothing to play for after they lost their first game of the season. They had the home field locked up and ready to go. But just, just to be clear, unless I'm mistaken, the week... Week 16, I guess it'd be the next to last week. They still hadn't had home field locked up at the time they played they that game. They needed one win or Minnesota loss. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, we can, that's what we gotta be careful of. It's too easy to put things into buckets. This Saints team had something to play for in week 16, and they didn't perform. Sure, right. I mean, this team, let's be candid, it's, it, it, from that Dallas game on, I don't think that they're, the only game you could say is impressive in any way 
I guess winning is always impressive. Right. But being impressive beyond winning was the Arizona game where you had a, a, a fraudulent Arizona team that was off a Sunday night win playing the first game on Saturday. Horrible spot for Arizona having to travel. Saints played well. Otherwise, I question, where's the good games been even in the second half of the year? Do you, you got their, uh, that's their schedule right there? Right here. Yes, sir. I mean, let's honestly, let's take a second, just read down the games. But they're going backwards. Their last 10 games against Minnesota, Arizona, Carolina, Lost, Tampa. Lost against Tampa when they needed in a overtime. Win. Dallas. Got destroyed at Both home. of those were home games, even the Tampa game. At Atlanta, at Washington, needed overtime to beat Washington. And what was the Atlanta score? Uh, they only won by three as a 10-point favorite. They beat New England. They won All right, so, Tampa so clear. by whatever. All right, so New right. England. Uh, so since that New England game. we can't game, forget, though, by that time... They had already, it was so, the excitement, they are already secured a playoff spot in their division. They were so far ahead, their division was so terrible, so you get a little content, and their defense got banged up. After that New England game, they didn't have their core players in defense. They picked up guys that hadn't, who was it, the cornerback that didn't play in two years. All right, so let's, let, let's drill down to this, because I don't think there's any debate that since the New England game, this team has been at best at best above average by one notch. Now, you're saying maybe that's because of injuries. Yeah, injuries and being content. I disagree. You're telling me after, I mean, the, the Dallas game, they were content. Well, I mean, that was a that huge was, game. They were undefeated. No, of course, you, uh, that's a Saturday. big game. But you can't just turn on and off the switch is what I'm saying. But when you look behind you and you see Carolina is no threat, you see Tampa Bay is no threat, you they see Atlanta is no threat. I mean, come on. They had home field. They were trying hard in the Cowboys game. They had home field that was up even through week 16 with Tampa Bay. His team wasn't playing well. The question is why is it injuries and i think that had something to do with it but i think they're putting there's so much emphasis that the colts played so well and in the i mean new orleans hasn't played that well when you look at the stats that's just not the case the new orleans defense who's supposed to be the weakest just allows a field goal more a game than the colts do they don't allow 10 more points a game they they're better against the rush uh, offensively, they're better in every category except passing. And they're making, because of the Saints, the way they looked against Minnesota and how they shouldn't have won the game, they've called, forced 15 turnovers. Of course they should have won the game. Why shouldn't you win the game? That that everybody's saying that the Colts, how they dominated well, the 15, Jets. 15 turnovers. Well, they put the ball on the ground six times, the, the Minnesota. They stripped them six times, six fumbles they had. Okay. And if they didn't, if the New Orleans didn't try to pick each one up and run for a <laughs> touchdown, they probably would have won by three yeah, touchdowns. They, they did leave a few on the ground. The point, you're right. Everybody agrees they shouldn't have won against Minnesota. But here's the one thing I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to state: the Colts to get here beat Joe Flacco Nobody. and Sanchez. Nobody. New Orleans beat two MVP quarterbacks. Last year's Super Bowl War- team. Warner and Favre to get here. Last year's Super Bowl G- Give team. them some and credit for that. And all that pressure. This team, who was the Aints, now I think it's a free roll in the Super Bowl. That, that, it was that the is championship great. game. Look at my you note. Saw. What did the you Saints see? are free roll. What did you see it's in the, in the championship game? And what did we say to each other? What is this team doing? They're not airing it out. They're playing conservative. They look like right, they... Hold on, the host. The gonna, pressure host. was coming. It was just too host, much for the host them. host is going to jump it's in. Speak, bro. I'll turn, I'll turn your mic off. <laughs> just yank it. <laughs> All right. First off, the free roll... 
I don't care how you get there. If you have a let's be honest, if you have a chance, yeah. it's like if you're up to the million dollar question on who wants to be a millionaire and somehow you randomly guessed the the the, the question before and you got it right and it was amazing you still are going to care if you win the million sure, or not sure okay they're now in the place where their whole career Dan Marino's career is defined by not winning a Super Bowl or it was one of the definitions of it the Saints can have this the rest of their lives they're not free rolling if anything I think something that has I'm, I'm going to get a point or two out here there hasn't been Marco's chomping at the bit is the Saints played maybe their wor- one of their worst games of the year, right. certainly one of the worst big games of the year in the championship sure. game. And I've heard numerous observers say it was the pressure. The moment got to them. I agree. If at home in the championship game of your conference the moment gets to you, what's going to happen in the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, not that the pressure is going to be off. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that is, as a free roll. I'm saying that the build-up to the NFC Championship, the fact that they're playing in, at home, I think was, I mean, they just the way they looked, the way they came out, they didn't look relaxed like they did against So Arizona. they're going to be relaxed now? I'm, I, well, as a, as, as one as a, guy as with a future a few- ticket, I hope they are, but I don't even know who I'm going to take you. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in school racing. Right the one thing that you always say, what's the one thing this team about the handicap and angle, or one thing this team has to do? They have to force turnovers. This team forces 2.6 turnovers a game. That's almost double what the Colts do. And yet, when you look at the props, the Colts are favored to have less super, less turnovers. So I, I think if New Orleans is able to go out and play like they did all year and force turnovers, they'll have a shot in this game. Now, to the free roll, it is... Ten seconds. <laughs> no, 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 no. Eight now. The, two minutes. The free roll, it is huge. Uh, when you're playing where you're now, you're not favored. You're not expected to win. There was the pressure of the NFC Championship because from day one, when they started out at 13-0, and everybody was talking about you getting to the Super Bowl. The fact that they got here when they shouldn't have, they're living on borrowed time. They're, they are free rolling. You don't have the pressure. You can come into this None game and play loose. Up. He had to you throw can to play eight loose. different receivers. Instead of going to your bread and butter, Breeze had to throw to so eight So you're, you're really guys. saying, honestly, let's, let's drill down. <laughs> you're saying the Saints are going to be loose. Yes. Psycho- Psychologically, it's a benefit for them to come in. As a dog? As a dog, not being that expected be to be there. Hold on a second. Let, let's, everything's a spectrum, okay? So there's a zero, there's a hundred, and there's everywhere in between. Let's say for the sake of argument that 85 and above is hypertense for a game. Naturally, the Super Bowl is going to be a 99. I'm not saying the free roll element doesn't take it from a 99 to a 95 for the, for the Saints, or maybe Maybe it takes it to a 92, but it's going to be an extremely tense situation for this team. So last question in this segment is, I can agree with you the Saints are going to maybe have less pressure on them than a typical Super Bowl team because of the free roll element you're talking about. But would you still say it's going to be an extremely high-pressure situation for oh, the Saints? Oh, absolutely. They've got to come out of the gate okay. If they come out of the gate and mess up early, then I think that pressure is going to get to 99 and a half, and they'll be in trouble. But Marco's got a point. If it's less, if it's 92 instead of 99, that might be meaningful. Right. Okay, that was segment two. Segment three, we're going to be breaking breaking down the over and under in this big game. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. 
This is segment three of six of our extravaganza, and we're going to be talking the over and under in the Super Bowl. Now, tell us about the total in this game, or the total in the game. Yeah, it's gone up. It opened at 55, 55 and a halves, and 56s. No one was surprised that the first move was to the over when you got these two teams, and especially the way the Saints came in off of the championship weekend and the week before in the playoffs, and even the Colts put up some points against the Jets. So I was surprised, but I'm surprised it's still hovering there. It moved to 57, 56 and a half, and it's still there. But I mean, the public hasn't spoken yet, and I think with Mower betters going to support the over, I'm interested to see if they're going to jack it up even more. So you see, in general, the cliche or the, the stereotypical response is the public speaks the most on Saturday and Sunday. Right. We should see the line go up. Um, it surprised me it hasn't gone up. You know, it really has Already, dipped down yeah, a little yeah, bit. Because yeah. it was up to 57 a couple exactly. places. Now it's down a half point. And with the free knee injury. You would think with a defensive player going out, especially since the Saints offense runs to that side of the, uh, of the field most, like they're saying, supposedly, that it would go up more instead of down. So on the total side, Marco, I'm going to ask you what you think the key point is as a handicapper. But interesting Conversation because one of the things that's been jumping off in the forums a lot, jumping off that's a little street lingo. Yeah, you're it. on it. I, it's I watched. Well, it. Listen well, what, I watched, what street was that from? I watched, Did they have a street in Shady Side? Pop CD were you listening to on the way over? I watched a, uh, a rerun of NYPD Blue last the night. Wire. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the wire. Anyway, is the whole conversation of trap games or not trap games? And really, what is a trap game other than saying the line is placed a certain way because Vegas knows the public will find it appealing even though it's the wrong side? What do you believe on that? Because when I, you talk to odds makers, just real odds makers say there's no such thing. They never have gone into a game thinking we're going to set this one as a trap. They're not that good, they say, to be able I to do something like I got to be honest with you. That. I tend to agree with you. And I did. I mean, Marco, tribe games are like really. He may be one of the true authorities. That's what we talked in about in this week in Vegas, and he's great at it. And that's that's the thing. so that's the thing is I come on the side that if I see value, I want to take value. Marco comes on the other side, and I, I tell you, his results speak for themselves. Exactly. <clears throat> Something that speaks against a trap is the fact that the odds makers in Vegas put this total out at fifty-two. And immediately it opened everywhere. At yeah, they just didn't even give it so, any respect. So it's interesting, as much as that some people say, well, we're going to respect the odds maker and not think they're giving us too much value, <clears throat> excuse me, is the fact that the books themselves don't respect the odds maker right, that much. Right. When the number comes out of 52, and, and at least that's what it's sent out as by the right. Vegas guys, and then and, offshore opens at 56. And without it getting steamed under, it's obvious the, the the wise guys didn't think it should have been 52 either. The books thought 56. The wise guys thought 56 or more. Vegas thought 52. Yeah. Well, one thing is the Super Bowl was the biggest bet game of any sporting event at all. You're going to have casual <laughs> bettors that are going to be making bets that don't make a bet on any other game all year. It is human nature that the public bets overs because they feel in their mind they're never out but of the But the odds game. makers are going to count for that. They're not putting out a true line. They're putting out a fair line. They want to split the action. They thought 52 would split the action. Well, I'll tell you this much. From a handicapper standpoint, they've got the same total on this game that you had on the Saints and Cardinals. There's two differences. 
The Colts offense is not as explosive as Arizona's. They're more methodical. They take the, you know, they drive down the field. And two, the Colts defense is way better than the Cardinals. And you've got the same number in this game as you did in that game. That's a mistake in my opinion. So you think the value? So, so you like the fifty-two? I think the I think the total really that the true line is fifty-two, but they're putting it where they know the public's going to go. And I don't be surprised come Sunday after the public puts their money through on the over. Under? You're going to see it get steamed under on Sunday. Well, first off, remember now, and we and this is a once a year thing, and we got to remind ourselves. The percentage of action that is sharp action on the Super Bowl is always the smallest percentage yeah. of the year. So the when, even if the game does get bet, even, even well, yeah, even if the game does get bet under hard, it's not going to get steamed down. It's all going down to fifty-five. It might take a half a point in a couple spots because there's so much public action and it's so yeah. minuscule the, the 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 sharp action relative to the public yeah. action. Now here's what's interesting. I always say. You gotta understand that the, the winners and losers are not on a piece of paper. They're not W's and L's. They're money. And I can tell you, I had a big bet on the Saints, and I, and I talked about this last week. Uh, following you guys, is uh, we win a lot, but we lose some yeah, too, yeah. no doubt about it. And the fact of the matter is, is when I lost that game, or at least I lost half my bet. I bought it down from three and a half to three on some of it. I fouled it. And I have a disdain right now for the Saints yes. off of that. I'll give you another example. I came out with a stat for the Arizona game and said that in since 1988, I think, yeah, 20, 20 years, years yeah, 20 plus is years. 59% of games that were in the NFL 50 or above on the total went under. 59%. Well, the Arizona game went over, all right? <laughs> So then I put out the same stat, and actually it was still 59%. It was like 58.8 now, but it rounds up to 59. And then the Minnesota game went over. But that, real quick, that goes back to last year's Big 12. Remember, no matter how high they were setting the totals and the wise guys were steaming the under, because any time a total goes up for college above 65, they're going to go under, and they were putting them up at 70, and these... Teams were still scoring 80 points. Here's the key point to your what you're saying with the total. When we were sitting there watching the Minnesota-New Orleans game, how many times did you look at me and I look at you? We just needed one field goal. You know, Everything one turned into seven. I, yeah. what I'm, the point I'm the Colts ma- are more. The Colts have a propensity of making field goals instead of touchdowns more often than not. They stall in the red zone. The Colts don't. The, the Colts do. All right. So here's my point, though: <clears throat> is I'm telling you that as much as I agree with you, I think this number is absurdly high. Uh-huh. The fact that. I've lost two in a row on the unders against this New Orleans team. It makes it hard for me to want to pull the trigger, which is such a good lesson for you guys out there, is a guy like me that's been betting 25 years since I was 14 years old, I still don't want to lose the third time on this under. And that shows you everyone that bet the over is having the opposite reaction. They've been cashing. Free money, baby. So I think that there really is an inflated number here. I think it might go up even more. And I think the value really is on the under. that I hope still don't mean it won't go over. And it's, well, yeah, you know? at best it's going to be 55 right, 45. Right. All right, so what else jumps out of you about the total? Uh, we've got we got two minutes. Surprisingly enough, with the Saint, I mean the, the the Colts, what surprises me is that even though both these teams we know they score number one and number seven in scoring, the Colts' defense is not that great, but 
they're, they use that bend and don't break. They're eighth in the NFL in points allowed. So they don't let up a lot of points, even though their rankings might be terrible against the pass, against the run, you know, in the bottom half of the NFL. They don't turn in the points. So I, I think you need to look at that. And if they turn a couple of them Saints drives into field goals instead of touchdowns, I think it could influence this total a lot. And don't forget, 30 seconds. The beginnings of Super Bowls tend to be played very tight and very close to the vest. We just looked at that number and it blew me away. Yeah. The total's 57 on the game or so. The total in the first quarter is only 10, 10 and, and a half. half. Yeah. So they're saying the total in the last three quarters Maybe is 47. 47 points, yeah. I mean, so that tight, if anything, if the first even eight minutes is a little bit slow I don't think they have enough pace to even get over 57 even if they score I mean at Saints game they scored almost against Vikings they scored almost every yeah, time yeah. and it just barely, it just barely got out. there you're right but in the Super Bowl it has that tendency in the last five minutes of the game for two three scores to happen That's true. You know? All right, good conversation next up we're going to be talking our first um, spot on Super Bowl props we're actually going to do two different ones this is segment four of six of our Super Bowl extravaganza, and this is our first segment of two on prop betting. Two separate segments. Okay, so VR, you're going to give your prop yes, best sir. bet this right is, here. This is your free my, pick. This is my best prop bet out of all the pages that I. Well, it's best early because early. You're, yeah, of course, because you're going to be giving Come away Sunday, baby. on Sunday. You're going to give away your best prop bet. Absolutely, late stuff. In your package for the Super Bowl. Every prop that I bet is going to be in the package with the Super Bowl pick. Yes, sir. All right. But so far, this is the strongest one that I've gotten down on. So since the start of football, you're 13-5 and five with your free picks right here. And at pregame.tv. And you have an open free... Um, future on the Saints at twenty two to one. Yes, Is twenty two to one. Well, I gave it out. At, I got twenty two to one, but I put it out at twenty to one. All right, rounded so, it off. So there's eighty pending units. So tell us about the prop. Okay, uh, this one is uh, not an anti Colt, but but more an anti Garcon. Um, just got so much hype after catching eleven passes um, against the Jets that I really think we're seeing an inflated number on his yardage. Um, I was able to get under 62 and a half, and it was plus 110, which means I think it's probably... 62 and a half yards. Yes, uh, receiving yards, and I think it's gone even higher since then, probably. Um, I just think when you look at his, uh, his, his whole season... This is too much to accomplish. I think they're basing this on one game. Um, he averages 3.4 receptions per game. And he averages about 15 yards per reception. Um, so I think we're looking at an inflated total just on that stat alone. Now, did you consider between the number of receptions prop and the yards prop? That they made, had him, yeah. What made you go with the yards prop? I went with the yards prop because I think... What the Saints are going to have to do is obviously because he was such a big part of that Jets win, you're going to want to pick one guy and try to get him out of the game. And I think that's going to, the easiest to get out of the game is Garcon. Reggie Wayne's an experienced um, receiver. You got Dallas Clark, a re- experienced guy coming out to catch the ball. So I really think that's the easiest part of the receiving core for the Colts to sh- for the Saints to be able to shut down. And when you look at it. The guy averages, like I said, three and a half catches per game, and he caught 11 against the Jets. But when you went back the three games before that, he caught two one game, two the next game, and then five 
in one of the games. So he averaged there around three okay. per reception. So one thing I like about this, and this is your official free pick yes, for sir. Super Bowl week, is just like we know people, the public likes to bet favorites, public likes to bet over. Well, public likes to bet for scoring and over in yards and props. So you pretty much can look at this prop sheet and say, where do I think are the best spots to go under? And and because most of the value is going to be going under. I especially like a guy in such a big game as the AFC Championship game having a big game and giving everyone this perception that he's just leading the Exactly. Receiver. Where last year, his first year in the league, um, he, he got in 14 games and he only had four receptions. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a breakout game. I give him that. But I think now in the Super Bowl, we're going to see... This is all about 55%. Per- exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're taking back 110 is, in theory, you only need to win 49%. To, exactly. To, to and I think with, with Reggie Wayne, with Collie, with Clark, I think that's where they're going to focus right. most of the attention. Good stuff. Now, um... You make a good point, though. Props are a place you want to shop, for sure. You want to have multiple outs, not only because a lot of places don't even have certain props where there's real value. You can go to pregameaction.com and find out all the books that we trust, that many of them have some of the the best selections of props out there, and you get sign-up bonuses and all kind of other stuff. All right, Marco, do you have a prop you want to... You're going to give your official free pick on a basketball game later. Anything jumping out at you? Yeah, I have a few props that jump out. One of them is uh, Peyton Manning to throw a third quarter touchdown pass. You're getting 135 on this bet. And the reason I like... So you're saying yes? I'm saying You have to lay 135? No, you're getting plus 135. And the reason I like this is because the Colts are one of the best teams in the league of coming out at halftime with adjustments. You've seen it all year. They've gone in behind at halftime in games, and they come out and take control in the third quarter. So we're getting a dollar thirty-five. I think there's tremendous value there for him, you know, to look at film at halftime and you know make look some at film. They're well, not looking at film. They're looking at photos and, and stuff from the press <laughs> box. Adjustments. It, make the adjustments. I don't know. The halftime of the Super Bowl is so long. They yeah, they might they have time to watch first. the whole first half. <laughs> well, they can watch all the replays from the first half. So I like that's one of the props that right, stand so out. Let me throw an idea at you. Is certain teams have a tendency to take the ball um, when they win the toss? Some teams defer. And I wonder, it's probably worth for guys out there or yourself if you're going to make a major bet, is is there going to be a bias towards New Orleans or Indy getting the ball in the first half, which then would mean if we know the Saints are getting the ball in the second somehow, let's just say for the sake of argument, the way, and I, and I haven't researched this, then then Indy would have one less possession in the third quarter. So is there? A, do we know? Do we have any sense of does Indy if, take the ball? Does the Saints take the ball? If the Saints win the toss, they're definitely taking the ball. They're not putting their defense on the field first. So you look at it that way. If they win, you know what they're doing. If the Colts win... They might I, defer. They might defer, but I, I would think... Which that, would be a good thing for you. I mean, but, you know, really, we shouldn't speculate because, I mean, you think about it, there's stats and that's right. the beauty of it. You can go back and say, okay, there's been 16 games, how many times, or 18 games with the playoffs, how many times did they win the toss and how many times did they defer, how many times did they take it. Now, that's no guarantee but it gives you a sense of are you getting an advantage or disadvantage with the third quarter bat. I find it interesting because the second quarter, will Manning have a TD, is minus 120 or 125. So there's got to be a, that third. In theory, I guess if the, if the Colts are winning 
significantly, they're going to slow it down a little bit. But that does seem to have value at first blush. That's the one that jumped out to me for the first one. Okay, so, you know, I, I just really want to reinforce that these guys really don't put, these odds makers don't have a chance to really think these things through fully. And I'll give you an example. It's just a crazy one. Is like the Gatorade. Last year it was, and that's kind of a fun one, right, but last right. year it was yellow. The two prior years it was, uh, it was white or clear. And right now, clear, I think, and, and don't quote me, is like plus 450. So if two of the last three year but then the question is can you actually research you know what kind of drink do is the colds have on the right, sideline right. so th- if you want to dig in these props really offer you an opportunity to dig in and get a sense they do, of even though the, the odds makers and, and books have gotten run. better at it there are still a lot of value there. and you see big moves that's why okay so this is segment one of two on props we're going to come back and talk more props for free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. This is segment five of six of our Super Bowl extravaganza, and this is our second segment on prop bets, and I'm going to be making my official free pick on a prop. So talking about our free picks, we give them here every week, each of us, almost every week. Marco, 16-7 and seven since the start of football, 13-5, and five, and 11-8. and eight. So we're all above, you know, in the profit area. Absolutely. And you guys, you know, just doing some quick calculations here, 40 and 20, 40, 66%. Awesome. Okay. And by the way, I'm leading this decade. In the decade of the 2000s, I'm 75%. In this decade. Dude, if you had a 900 number with that, I don't, I don't wanna, forget about it. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but, but 75%. All right. <laughs> Over a whole month. So here's what I'm doing. We talked about in the first segment, VR gave his official free pick, is props are inflated. It's such a public betting proposition <laughs> and the public likes to bet over yeah. they, uh, they like they remember what they saw recently and they like to bet over i'm going under reggie bush rushing yards and you got to shop and we talked about that last time you can go to pregameaction.com and get multiple sports books and get the best numbers here i've seen this range all the way down from 28 up to 35 yeah so let's assume th- i'm gonna go with 33 30 let's say 33 uh you should be able to get that number under and here's the point one i have a bias towards the under with these bets because of the public number two reggie bush is such a marquee name that except for the game against Arizona, you know, I mean, I guess there's been exceptions, but has not shown it in general. And when you have a marquee name that's a little bit overrated, that's the best situation to go under with props. Now, Peyton Manning is way the marquee name, but this guy is so good, you don't, I don't think you want to make a living betting against, against him. him. Yeah, exactly. But we got a guy that is one level down on the marquee scale who is four or five or six levels down when it comes to performance. And the way the Saints use him a lot. I think you have an edge there. They use him more out in the flat, out in the screen, and it won't be, um, you know, handoffs. So, again, there's always a chance of him breaking one, but the beauty is you only got to win 55 out of 100 bats to take home the moolah. Okay, so we've got some time to talk some more props. Any Anyone disagree with my Bush prop? 75% in this decade? How can we disagree that's yeah, a good point disagree. that's a good yeah that'd be, that'd be nuts cash no, no, two and a half out of every ten bets yeah. 
You think we ought to give away some of your money since you're, you know, celebrating? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Then uh, what we do is, though, we uh, did give a free pick this time. Each week with our podcast and the videos, we actually give away a coupon in case you want to get a very, uh, the biggest best bets over at pregamepros.com. Marco. All right. Well, it's Super Bowl week, so the coupon's going to be Super Bowl, all one word, and the number 10. That's going to get you $10 off any package you want. Just load up your shopping cart, enter that coupon code at the shopping cart, and you'll get $10 off. And yes, if the package is only $10, it's free. And just a quick note to you, I know there's only one game this Sunday. You know, it's Super Bowl, and a lot of times people have their minds made up or they don't want to buy two cappers because, you know, it's one game. But we're going to have props in a lot of the packages this week. So not only are you going to get a selection on the Super Bowl, but you're going to get each guy's you know props. And you know I know I'm going to have four or five props in yeah, there on too. Sunday, and I know you will too. Absolutely. VR, who knows how many you'll have? I'll have. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you'll have excitement throughout the game. All right. So I tell you, this is it's 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 good timing because the Super Bowl segues right into February basketball conference, and then into March Madness. We've got so many guys that are hot, and we, we don't want to overtax. Out here, but VR number one documented in the entire country in college basketball. We got Goodfella, 12 winning months of the last 13 months. 12 months you would have taken money home, one month you would have paid it. We got Spartan, 66% on his top plays, and he was what, nine out of the last 10. 10 out of the last 11. 10 now. out of the last 11 now. We've got a lot of guys that are hot. Mike Cook is hot, on and on and on. Check it out, pregame.com. All right, so let's get back to the content. Marco, does uh, another prop jump out at you? Or? Well, there, there's a couple props, but one that we talked about in previous segments about tightness, teams coming out tight, and I think a good prop is to take the Colts for the first quarter. Experience factor, we said about what a big edge it is, and you made a statement talking that uh, you said that it's worth three points to a team that's been to a Super Bowl and won it in the last five years. Well, you can take the Colts at minus a half for the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So if they're winning, they're they win. winning at the end of the first quarter. So I mean, I think that's a good play because you I, know, I, that worries me though because I, I like it because I think you make a good point. Is if the comfort factor is going to mean anything, it's going to be at the very beginning of the game yeah. and maybe the very end of the game and not so much in the middle. So I like that. What concerns me is that we talked about this. If the total in the first quarter is only ten and a half, they're expecting two scores, right? Seven and three, and and that's what they're saying is if there's two touchdowns. It's over three, you know, even of touchdown and two field goals. It's over. Is if you're laying the half, you're pretty much saying the Colts are going to. It's almost like you're laying three and a half if you assume that it's going to be a low-scoring first quarter. So if it's nothing, nothing, seven, seven. I mean, the only way you're winning is if it's seven three you, or if it ends up the or seven three Colts, or if it ends up being a much higher scoring first quarter than than the bookies think. So I'm not. That concerns me a little bit. Is that minus half feels inconsequential, but really it's huge because. Ties are going to happen so often in the first quarter. Right. It, it is the same as laying three. I mean, you got you got to win, you know, by most likely field goal because the chances of a safety in the first quarter are very slim. And that brings up another point: is the you know the three the only way you're going to fall actually three would be like a ten seven or I guess you could fall a three nothing too. So anyway, any, what's jumping out um, quickly? I think they're they're inflated numbers on receiving yards on total yards because of all the 
talk about both teams' offenses. So I think you definitely have to start with looking towards the under, mm-hmm. um, especially for a lot of these players. I like Reggie Wayne under as well. They have him as high as 82 and a half, and you're getting plus money by going under. And when you just look at statistically what he's done throughout the year, you're getting value there. I mean, there's some pros that are batting dozens of these props. Absolutely. Um, the other one that sticks out to me that I think makes sense when you break it down is the Colts to have more field goals. And you only have to lay minus 130. Not only, it's not a good, you don't want to get in the habit of laying 130, but I think it's the right side because the thing we said about the Colts is they can't rush the ball. That's been their weakness. And even though a team could go down the field, when you get into that red zone and there's only one thing you could do, it becomes easier for the defense. When they don't have to worry about the run, I think they have more of an advantage being able to just play against the pass. And I think you're, you're, they're more prone to be stopped than I think the Saints would. So I think you're going to have a little more field goals by the Colts. You get one, you hold, you get one holding penalty, and, and it stalls the drive. Yeah, and, and just, you know, even if they play back, i, I got to be honest pass. with you. Watching that Saints-Vikings game, though, it just seems like that this offense with the Saints, I mean, is, as much as I'm down on the Saints, it's almost like it breaks the rules. I mean, <laughs> you know, remember, and, and really the defense of the Saints breaks the rules, too. <laughs> I mean, like at one point we were rooting so hard for the you know Saints. A sack Favre. It was second and twenty-two, yeah. and you one know pass. just one one pass. It's first down. It's like normal teams are going to throw a screen on first down, and then they end up having third and twelve, and they only make it twenty percent of the time. I, I just don't know. You know, I, I'm just it's this game really has me so leery because on one hand I love unders, I love going against marquee offenses and and going under or betting against these teams, but you just gotta wonder if it's but, just as different You're level. right, but on the flip side, if the Saints are behind, they're not going to settle for field goals either. Yeah, no, and I'm not questioning no, no, your I'm prop that's, as that's much as another. I, I just think the whole, and then we got to wrap here. I just think the whole red zone stuff. Yeah, you know, we got to be careful. These are a different level offense. Marco, thirty. I think the better play on that is actually taking Matt Stover. He's listed at one and a half field goals. Take Stover over, over one and a half, and you're getting a plus one hundred five. I think it's the safer way to go with that. Wow, it's that low. All right, good stuff. Okay, that was uh, five full segments on the Super Bowl. Next up, we're going to be talking the biggest college basketball game on Saturday. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview, a pregame.com podcast. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with Vegas Runner. We're going to take a look at Saturday basketball, huge game, Big East basketball, Villanova, Goes to Georgetown on Saturday. Number two versus number eight. This is a big game, and in my opinion, uh, there are a lot of people disagree, but I think from top to bottom, year in year out, in basketball, there's no better conference than the Big East. Yeah, th- this year, you know, you had people saying the Big Twelve because of Kansas and Texas, and even you know, even the lower tier, the Baylor's and, and the Oklahoma State's show up day at, night after night, Kansas State's. But I think you're right. When you look at it as a whole, the body as a whole. Uh, when you look at the top, you look done. at the top five teams yeah, out of the Big East: Villanova, Villanova, yeah, Pitt, Louisville. Yeah. It's you know, there's no, there's no, no argue with it. Yeah. I mean, you got Georgetown at number eight, so uh, it goes with between the Big Twelve and the Big East is where it's at. We're taping, guys. we're taping on Wednesday, so we don't have the line for Saturday. So normally VR would tell us what the line is, but what we do when we're you know taping these in advance, we tell you what we predict the line to be. Correct. 
VR, what do you have the line well, on this game? Nova beat Seton Hall by 10 last night, correct? And, and Georgetown plays South Florida tonight. Tonight. So I don't think it'll have too huge of an impact because Nova didn't cover last night. It fell right near the number. and I don't. They think won South, by 10, laying 10 and a half. Yeah, and I don't think South Florida is going to upset Georgetown tonight. Um, so so I, I think we're, we're looking where we could kind of create the number and not have perception play too much into it. And my true number, I actually made Georgetown a three-point favorite in this game. Um, And and I set the total high, I think. Um, I set it around 154, um, and I think it's still high, Um, especially when you look at the first game where they only scored, the total, excuse me, was 147. They did score 159. But for the books to make a seven, eight-point adjustment off one game is asking a lot. So I think I inflated it a little too much based on a true number, um, and I think a fair number, I think it's going to come out a little lower than that. Actually, I have Georgetown at minus four as far as a, a true number. Right. But as far as Vegas coming out with a betting line, I think they're going to bring the game out at three and a half. Yeah. The first meeting, the line had opened, Villanova six and a half. Went and four cl- and a half. You know, and went down. Yeah. And I think that you're going to see this one. I mean, let's face it, Villanova's got one loss on the season. Exactly. And that one loss was to Temple, which Temple year in and year out is a good, you know, a, a good it's, team. It's a little rivalry, but it's, a little city, it's, it's right. Rivalry. It's Philadelphia. I mean, a lot of people don't realize there's five teams that play every year. Exactly. They, call, they call it the, the, it the, big, the, the, big, the big five, five something, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and they play, they play each other the whole, you know, Every uh, year, all five teams, you know, for the bragging rights. But I mean, and it's with, a war whenever Nova they play. Just winning that game by five at home, you know, you do the flip around. Exactly. So exactly. you're going to see the line somewhere around between, between three, three and four, four. Yeah. is going to be the number. No, anywhere around there is good. This is my official free pick. Um, and uh, I really like this play. Uh, it may actually make my phone card on, on okay. Saturday. And it's not often that I do a total. Uh-oh. But I love the total in this game. You alluded to the fact that these two played a high-scoring sure. game the first time. Sure. When I tell you something, you're not going to believe it when I tell you that they got to this number. They shot Villanova 42% from the floor, 42.6, and Georgetown only shot 39.3. And yet this game went way over the total. Well, they got to the free throw line 57 times combined, man. Right, and they made 43 of them. That that was a big part of it. But what people look at, they're going to say, okay, oh, my God, they they shot so poorly, and yet they still got so many points. Right, right. Imagine if they hit their average around 43 or Wrong. Totally wrong. Because what happens is when you miss shots, there's rebounds, there's quick outs, and you're able to force the ball up the tempo. You push the tempo up the floor in transition because you go up, you get a defensive rebound, you kick it out to your wingman, and you're flying up the floor. Where when you're knocking down the shots, you take the ball out of bounds. If Georgetown, which is a, a team that loves to press, right, right. Villanova can play good defense too. Whenever you score, you take the ball out of bounds. It slows the yeah, flow up the up the court. And that makes sense. It, it really does. More importantly, I think what people, when you handicap a game, sure, field goal percentage is, is one of the th- factors you obviously got to consider. But I think you got to dig a little deeper and look at field goal attempts. 
and you know how many attempts did both teams make and I think if when you go back to that game you're gonna see it was a ton of attempts you know even though they they only shot 41 percent 39 percent they made so many attempts that it went over the total and I think you're right if they had less attempts even with a higher shooting percentage you're going to get a lower scoring game. Right. And because it was so high scoring in that first game, they are going to make adjustment in the second game. And, yeah, and I, I don't just. Think either team wants to put the other on the line 30 times again. No, absolutely not. So I love this under. I like it really. I put a number of 149. I see this game being played 142 or less. Um, so anything you right. get a total of over 142, it's going to be a good play, I feel, to take the game under. And uh, also, I mean, Georgetown coming off Saturday, uh, they played Duke. They played a great game. Great. And in this Georgetown team, you know, they've been up and down all year. They're a good team, but they don't play those complete games. No, they're young, Marco. They're a young team. And I know now in college basketball, you're not going to get teams that are that experienced, that are great, because there's not too many juniors and seniors sticking around. Yeah, the good ones are gone. They're going to the pros. But with that said, um, this Georgetown team, even their star players and their bench players are young. They don't have that experience. And that's one of the little turnoffs I have on this team and why I can't I'll lean to your under and I like the under. I don't have an opinion on the side because of that. I mean when you look at the bench minutes for this team, they're like almost last in off college basketball. When I broke down the game between Nova and Georgetown, eight players only for Georgetown saw playing time of seventeen minutes or more. Ten players for Villanova play 10 minutes or more. So, I mean, you got the whole team you got to play against. And I think that's one of the Georgetown weaknesses and why I'm not ready to lay chalk with them. Not chalk, but points with them against a team like Villanova that's so strong. And I I like your under. That makes a lot of sense. Both teams are physical teams. They'll play tough D. If you go back uh, quickly to last week when we talked about this Georgetown team against Duke, we said one of the advantages that Georgetown had in that game against Duke was Duke's become a finesse team. They like to shoot from outside. They're not physical inside. Georgetown shot 71% from the floor yeah, yeah, against yeah. Duke. And that the, wasn't from the three-point Well, it wasn't from the three-point line. That was pounding the ball down Go inside on. him. So um, we're going to go with the under. Now, if you go to pregame.tv and you're watching our videos on YouTube, if you go to the comment section, make a prediction on this game. If you correct the prediction, Correctly predict the right score. score. We'll give you one hundred dollars in pregame baby. dollars. You can buy VR. You can buy myself. You can buy you any buy of our cappers. Free and money honestly, for just I a guess. Go back and check. So please, if you're going to watch the video, take two seconds and toss up uh, uh, your prediction. And give I us a shout out I, too. I, yeah, I I always check them, guys. I, I give you my word. I always go in there and I always look. If someone wrote something, I always try to answer a question or, or post my own comment. And I love seeing what you guys predict. So if you get a second, please toss one out there for VR. No problem. And uh, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, this has been segment six of six uh, for the podcast this week. And, uh, and we had a bonus segment, too. We did a Friday uh, preview for uh, NBA. NBA. So. 
He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. This has been the Sports Betting Preview, uh, pregame.com podcast. And you can download and listen on iTunes to all of our podcasts and check all the videos at pregame.tv. We'll talk to you next week.